welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that looks at the inspiration, intention, action, and choices that you can make to bring more joy into your life, into the world, and into other people's lives. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 263 here on Jumpstart Your Joy. This week, we're doing another look back episode where we're taking a look at one of the most beloved or most downloaded episodes of season five. This week, I'm sharing the interview with career coach Laura Sims of Your Career Homecoming. I always love the serene and no-nonsense energy that Laura brings to everything she does, and it's such a treat to be able to look back on this conversation with you this week. Before we get to that, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're loving these look back episodes. It's always fun to see the things that stood out for people as we look back and close out a season. If you're new to the show, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad that you are here. You can find out more about myself or about the last five years of Jumpstart Your Joy over at the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, that will have links to Laura's website. You can find it at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash 263, which is the episode number here. While you're there, please do sign up for the Three Joyful Things newsletter. It comes out every Thursday and it's a fun way to keep in touch uh, and see a little of the behind the scenes and get some inspiration, intention, and action about how you can bring more joy into your life, into the world, or into other people's lives. You can find the link for that right there on the homepage of jumpstartyourjoy.com. So when I'm looking back at this conversation with Laura, it really is a treat. When I originally reached out to her, I remember thinking, maybe we should talk about how so many people have lost their jobs and how they can find new hope or a new direction during this time. And the thing that stood out for me about this conversation is that really, yes, that is a truth. And people are finding right now that with everything that's going on, they're no longer willing to compromise with what they do with their life's work and that they're coming to her out of a place of inspiration and a real excitement to try something new because maybe they've been working at home for a while now. They know what the possibilities are and they just can't keep going back to that thing in the way of their daily work that feels soul sucking. And so this is such a lovely conversation with Laura. And I hope that if there's that thing on your heart that maybe you want to try out, you can definitely reach out to her. And hopefully this is an inspiration for you to go for those things that you want to change and aren't fitting right now and, and go embrace them and make the change. So here we are with that interview. Welcome to the show, Laura Sims. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here. So for people who maybe don't know who you are, what you do, would you like to give a quick introduction? So I'm Laura Sims, and I run a career change mentorship business over at yourcareerhomecoming.com. And I'm really helping people who are in that position of, I don't know what I want to do, but I know it's not this. And we are figuring out what is going to be the right fit for them in terms of What's going to allow them to feel like they're making a contribution? What's going to have them using their strengths so they enjoy how they're spending their day? What's going to pay them so that they can support the kind of life they want to have and have time and flexibility outside of work to actually build the life that they want? So that's really what we're after when we're talking about a homecoming career and, and what I'm helping my clients find. 
And I love that so much. I know I look back at our last conversation, I think at the end, I think of season two, probably, but sounds right. So I'll link up to those and the idea of finding the thing that fits and that at least for me, it doesn't have to be loud and it doesn't have to be big and it doesn't have to be the out there and hustle thing. Do you want to talk about how people ease into that space for themselves? Yeah, the, the title of what I do really speaks to what we're after. It's really a homecoming. You know, sometimes I work with people and they end up doing something that's kind of been in the back of their mind for years, but they've never been able to justify it to themselves or it seemed too crazy. And then after we do all this work, they're like, oh yeah, okay, now I see why this makes sense and that I can actually make a living doing this. And then sometimes people are coming to something that literally has never crossed their mind. Maybe they've never even heard that this thing exists, but either way, there's this sense of ease around it. And not that you don't have to work hard. I'm not saying like kick back and be fabulous and collect, you know, the PayPal receipts, whatever. But, but there's a sense that I don't have to pretend to be something that I'm not. And so when you've got someone like you or Tiffany or a, a business where there's some real substance and there's some real value and you're actually helping people do stuff that matters to them, I don't think you have to be so loud because it's like the truth of that cuts through a lot of the other noise that's out there. Mm-hmm. And I want to be a good spokesperson for what I want to do. I want to spread the message. I'm excited about what I do. I'm excited about the transformation that my clients get. And so, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. And I'm excited to go on social media about it. And, and I want the world to know, like, give me a rooftop. But that doesn't mean I have to scream until my throat is raw and be loud and flashy and promise laptops on beaches, like, because it's not about that. Yeah. You know? So I think once you understand the real value of what you're doing to someone else, you can just speak the truth of the message and the right people that have their ears tuned to that are going to hear it. Yes, that is so well stated. And I also know that for myself, it's so true that when I'm in the space, the zone of genius or whatever we want to call it, the marketing, it doesn't feel like marketing. It truly does feel like a conversation I'm having with people because I love sharing about what I'm doing. It doesn't feel like you're saying, it's not that side of it where I'm out there shouting on social media, like, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's just like, hey, I did this fun thing. I want to share it with you. And I'm sure the, the energy and the vibe of all that is so, so different when you can come from that place of this is the thing that lights me up and I'm so excited to share it with you. I, I always try to make sure that I'm never speaking to or creating for what I call the faceless horde, which is this anonymous sea of people out there. That feels gross. You know, I keep on my bulletin board beside my desk a list of just some of the clients that were like the most joy for me to work with. They're representative of the larger lot, but I can look and I can see this list of names and I'm like, oh, if I could clone these people, I would. And so anytime I'm writing an email or an Instagram post or anything, I'm creating for, for those people, right? Yes. Because I want more of them. And so it just makes it personal. It makes it fun. You know, I get to think about, well, would Rachel like this joke or would Ryan think this is funny or, you know, what kind of details does Claire need to hear? And I just get to personalize it and that helps keep it genuine and authentic. And then it just doesn't feel like I'm doing a megaphone into the void. Yeah, that's really good. And I think it's an interesting thing where it takes it down from like marketing speak of like, who's your avatar to like, No, truly. Like, who have I worked with? Who have I talked to? Who resonated with me so strongly that I would want more people like them to come back? And it also very authentically answers that question of 
what's holding them back? I mean, even when we're creating podcasts in class, it's really interesting because when I bring up the little tidbits of things that have held people back in the past, the whole class goes crazy for it because they're like, yeah, I want to know that too. Like, where are you? What's holding you back? I was interviewing um, a client last week who's an alum of my program. And we were talking about like, why did you decide to come work with me? Like just real talk. What, what was it that, that tipped you over the edge? And she was like, you know how at the bottom of your newsletters, you always have this little thing that says what feels like home right now. And you write maybe four things that are going on in your life. She's like, I just thought that's so real. And I want to learn from that kind of person. Cause I was, I relate to that. And I was like, that's it. I'm like, that's what, that's what did it. That's such a little just afterthought that I do. And it's like, it's not my website. It's not my doom, 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 my brilliant marketing. Like, no, it's just those little human things. I'm sure all that other stuff helped. Right. But, but for her, it was like that personal connection and realizing like, Oh, there's an actual person on the other side of this screen, you know, who has this way to help me. I love that so much. And I do love your little five things of what feels like home. I like kind of scroll down to those and I'm like, oh, eating Easter candy early. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) So good. So we are recording in April of 2020 for context. And things have changed in the wide world of working. What have you seen? I'm certain... Like I I walk into this question and I feel like there's anxiety in even asking it because I know a lot of people have experienced a lot of change around, I'm thinking more around nine to five workers who maybe for the first time see themselves working at home and everybody's home and (laughs) kids and husbands and wives and all of us. What are you seeing coming up for people as as they're easing into this new way of being? It has really taken me by surprise, Paula, because I thought, and I think some people are doing this, just not the people that are showing up to talk with me right now, but I thought, oh, everyone is going to freak out. They're going to hunker down. They just want to try to cling to what they have and go into this little safety huddle and not make any changes. And at least the people who are showing up to me are not responding that way. It's almost like it's this forced pause and they have the time and the space to actually confront the reality of their job and how they feel about it and how it affects them on a larger level. So I'm hearing things like, for the first time in years, I feel like I can breathe I get to sit by a window again. I have time to take my dog for a walk. This is the first time I haven't been angry in two years. Wow. Every single day. It's like when people go on vacation and they get this little like, oh, and then they don't want to go back to work. It's like, well, people aren't on vacation. It is a change in the routine. And it's just kind of waking people up to how much things suck. Yeah, their jobs. And it's, it's really, on the one hand, sad to listen to. I had one guy say to me, I just realized that if I get called to go back to work, he said, it, it doesn't matter if I'm home right now, because what I do, ultimately, anybody can do it, it just doesn't matter that much. Wow. Right. And so it's getting people, it's opening their eyes. And I think they're, it, it for some people is the impetus they need to say, now is where I'm going to draw the line in the sand. I can't ignore it anymore. And I'm really ready to make a change for good this time. Not just talk about it, not just 
write it in my journal, but actually really take the steps it, it takes to make a change. Yeah, that's really powerful. I like what you said about it being a pause because really things continue clearly, but there has been this massive, like, let's take a look at the things we're doing. I mean, this has really called into question so much. Like, are people then in drawing a line in the sand? What do you see that mean for people? What are they doing with it? Well, in, I mean, specifically the people I'm talking with, they're actually getting the support they need to make this change, you know? So they're coming to work with me because most people have tried to figure this out, right? Like they have read the books, they have done a therapist, they have done like 12 assessments that tells them their strengths and personality type and they have a journal and they've like, they've asked their mother. I mean, they have just done everything that they can think. They have done informational interviews, like they've just exhausted what they're capable of doing on their own. And so I think for a lot of folks, it's about, okay, I'm coming to the realization that my way is not working and I'm really ready to get some support so that I don't just keep dabbling around and, and spinning my wheels, you know, mm-hmm. because they're really ready. I think it's some people really feel shame about not having this figured out already. Mm, and yeah. they almost feel a little shameful about needing the help, but they just got to the point where they're like, F it, I'll take the help. I just want this to be done. You know, I'm just ready to move on. I want to do something that feels like it matters. I want to feel like that when I go back to work, I'm, my life is not going to be collateral damage. Yeah. Uh, so they're getting help and they're, they're making a change. That's awesome. It feels like in the past, I know, so I can even speak from my own experience, very much was it was an either or, like I was either in my nine to five or then I had to make a full stop jump into what I was going to do next. And of course, then there's that whole line of thinking of then I need to figure it out. I better have the website. Like it was very hard for me because I was very stuck in the either or. How does somebody break out of that kind of either or thinking if that's what you're also seeing with folks? I think the first thing that has to happen is you have to know what the target is, you know? So ultimately you have to know what the goal is. So for you, if it's that like, I'm, I am starting a podcast or I'm starting a business or I am going to go get hired in this new role. Like if you don't know what the target is, then you are going to be condemned to stay in that yo-yo back and forth. Right? So I think the first step on any of this stuff is to figure out what do you need? And at this point, what matters most, right? And then once we know what you want, we can create a transition plan for how to get there. So it's not that you have to quit your nine to five to go start your podcast right now, but like, let's get you started on your podcast or let's get you your first clients in your new business while you're still working on your job or while you're still in your job, let's start building the skills or relationships or whatever we need to bridge that gap from here to there. So I really talk about it with my clients in terms of, I call it a crossfade. We're like the old career is fading out and the new career is fading in. So there's not this abrupt stop start, but we can build this transition period for people. And I think this is actually a great time to be working on a crossfade, you know, because we are off our schedule. Like I, some people have more time on their hands, people with children, not so much, <laughs> but I am hearing, hearing people say like, you know, I, I do have to work from home, but no one is standing over my shoulder all day. So I have a little more flexibility now. So if I wanted to take half an hour at lunch, or if I wanted to sneak off an hour early, I've got a little more freedom to do that now. So I think this is a great time, you know, to not Again, not just be wandering around trying to figure stuff out, but being able to pursue a targeted goal, right? Know what the target is and then make a plan to get there. Yes. 
if you could see me, I was literally clapping for the crossfade <laughs> because it was, I've thought about that. It's very interesting. One of the season one guests is Matthew Wood, who is a senior sound editor at Skywalker. So he's edited all the Star Wars movies or the recent ones. And he even talked about like the crossfade of how do you tune it? Like stuff happens in your life before you can even hear it. And that's, that's how they bring up sound in a movie. Like you're kind of aware of it. And then by the time it's loud enough, you've already lived through part of the moment. Like, so I love that you brought that up. It's so true and so true to my own experience of being a podcast consultant and producer, it started so long ago. Like, I can't even tell you. Like, even maybe when I was 10 and my friends and I created a, the PLTS station on a <laughs> Fisher Price tape recorder where it was the please listen to this station fake radio broadcast, which has very regrettably been lost. But I could see it going even back that far. Like, your crossfade has, oh, it's, it's there already. So, tuning in. Mm, so good. I know another thing that you said recently in some of your newsletters is, uh, is about there's two kinds of business owners and one is internally focused and the other is kind of like externally focused and out and loud in social media. How are you seeing that work maybe for you or for you during this time? You know, okay. So when I say there's two different kinds of business owners and I, and I really don't mean that I want to make sure people understand. I don't mean that in a judgmental way. Like there's those of us who do the real work. And then there's those of us who talk about it on social media. Like that's not right, what I, right. you know, everyone has to market some way, you know? So if it's not social media, then you're, they're doing referrals or they're doing podcast interviews or they are doing paid advertising. Everybody gets new clients in some way, right? Yes. I have been in the fortunate and kind of weird position for the last few years that I have had such a steady stream of, of people who are wanting to talk with me and connect and, and see about working together that I just haven't had to do as much loud stuff, mm -hmm. SEO, referrals, just whatever magic is happening. I don't want it to change. <laughs> but it means that I'm spending, especially compared to earlier days in my business where you're just trying to get the word out and you're trying to talk to people and you're trying to, like these days, I don't spend as much time doing that just because I don't have to. And so I'm spending a lot more time working behind the scenes and I'm working with clients and I'm talking with, you know, prospective clients and I'm reaching out to my alums to see if they need support or anything like that. And so then I sometimes feel like, do people remember that I'm still here? Am I being too behind the scenes? Do I need to like wave my flag a little bit? You know, but I, I think it comes back to, you know, what do you need to do to reach the people who need your help? Yeah. right? What do you need to do to, to reach the right people? And, you know, something that I have been changing during Corona pause or whatever we want to call it <laughs> is I have been trying to be more vocal and visible in my immediate circle. So it's not that I'm doing a lot of stuff like this where I'm going out and getting in front of new people, but I know that people are scared right yeah. now, you know, and even the people that I'm talking to who want to make a change and are ready for that, there's just there's just so many unknowns and, and changes already going on right now. So, right. you know, one of the things that I've been doing differently, you know, maybe for the past two months is just trying to be more visible, you know, it's just go in my Facebook group more often, do video more often, let people see me, let people hear me, just try to, in some way to, 
I don't need to be a leader for all of coronavirus and be telling people what to do and when to wash their hands. But, you know, in the arena where, where I do have some expertise around career and change and navigating change during uncertainty, I want to show up and, and be a voice and a stand for that. I love that. And I think it, it, I mean, it's so authentic to who you are and it feels like a homecoming as well. I mean, it's, it's so totally aligned that of, of you being who you are all the time. And, and I think that's one of the important and lovely messages about it is, you know, I, I think a lot of people who, as they start a business, maybe feel like they have to model some of the louder, <laughs> and again, no judgment, but some people who are drawn to be louder on social media or somebody that has a million Instagram followers. And I think that's amazing and great, but like, that's not how people find me either. I mean, it's all for me. It is a smaller circle and it is more word of mouth and it is me then making the connections, which I think is kind of what you're talking about too. It's like, I, I make a connection and then I like to stay close with people. And so it's the big net is not necessarily authentic to me. And I think too, you know, some of that just comes down to what is the business model? Mm-hmm. You know, like I know with my business, if someone is going to come become a client, they're going to be working closely with me. We're going to be having potentially hours of conversation and spending time together. And so it doesn't make sense for me to do the megaphone thing too much. Like the relationship they're going to have with me on past the paywall, like, let me have that kind of relationship with them on the other side of things, you know? And so I think there's that to consider too, when we're looking at how different people are showing up, it's like, well, you've got to consider the relationship they're going to have with that client or that customer. And some people are doing volume business and they're getting a ton of people in there and maybe they're teaching something that is more skill-based and you don't need as much of a face-to-face shoulder-to-shoulder approach and that works. So again, I think it's like, it's really important that we're not saying one way is bad and one way is, is better, but just to look, it's got to suit what you're doing, right? Like it's got to match the, the front of the house needs to match the back of the house. Right. Exactly. Yes. I think that's a really nice metaphor. If people really are looking to make a change, if they're kind of in that space that you've just described, where they see think things that they can no longer just ignore, are there some easy or practical things that you have as a suggestion or things to consider for them if they're like, yeah, I just, I can't do this anymore and I know I need a change? You know, I think the the first thing that happens is really just making that decision because I know that people waffle on that and just torture themselves you know, and it's, will I, won't I, and then I kind of get up the courage and then I get freaked out. And then I go back into my comfort zone and I go back into what I know. Like some people, things have to kind of hit a rock bottom before they're willing to make a change. And so I would just ask, do you want this to be the rock bottom or would you like to wait until things get worse? I mean, honestly, (laughs) I hate to put it like that, but like at some point you got to just have a little come to Jesus with yourself and say, "Mm, let me think how, how, where do I want to see this go? Right. And from there, once someone is really ready to to have that kind of turning point and say, nope, I would like this to be the, the bottom of the spiral, please. It really helps to have models of, of people who have done something similar because you are not the first person in the world to get out of a crappy admin assistant job or whatever it is and go do something better. But 
feels weird and it feels like maybe no one in your family gets it and it feels like your friends aren't even asking this question so what's wrong with you but if you can go be a part of a community even if it's online, even if it's through listening to podcasts or reading memoirs or joining a Facebook group or whatever it is, where what you're wanting to do is more of the norm, it just takes a lot of the scary like janglies away from it. And, mm-hmm. and realize that this thing that you have been like the log jam in your life that you have been so terrified to address is like what all these other people just do on a Tuesday afternoon, like because it's normal over there. And I yeah. think that really helps take away some of the the terror and intimidation of making a change. Yeah. I know when I was very near the end of leaving the nine to five, there was a lot of bargaining. Like it was almost like stages of grief or something. And there's that bargaining of, I could put up with this for a little while longer. No, it's not that bad. Like there was whole scripts that I would tell myself and then I could see the pattern play out. It would get bad. Then I would bargain myself back. We get bad again. So, yeah, I I think it's it's really kind of almost that is it a Liz Gilbert thing of like until we're really ready to call ourselves on our own bullshit. Like, Absolutely, we will put up with a lot for a long time. Absolutely, and and you know part of the reason that we do that is because most of us try to make the best of situations, right? We're not going to bail the first time something gets uncomfortable. We're going to try to make it work. We're going to, I don't want to be a quitter. I don't want, you know, and so we, we stay and we stay and we stay and we end up coming up with all these, I don't know, just like coping mechanisms we repeat to ourselves to like help us get through the day and make it through something that is really not acceptable. And then it, it just gets hard to break out of that because it becomes your norm, you know, and even though it's uncomfortable, it still is kind of the comfort zone. You know, it's just what you're, it's what you're, it's what's been normalized and it's what you're accustomed to. Yeah. Right. But I think being able to, to kind of step outside the situation and go, wait a minute, this is actually pretty messed up. And I know I'm capable of more than this. And I know I deserve to be treated better than this. And I know what I have to offer is more valuable than this. Like if you would look at a friend in the same situation there's no way you would tell them to tolerate this. There's no way. So true. Yeah, that's brilliant. And it is really funny uh, as the impetus for me to go was really like a friend and I, like we Thelma and Louise did. (laughs) Like we both went at the same time and it was glorious. (laughs) But it really does. It's an example of like, I kind of almost needed a buddy to help me along. And that wasn't a coach and it wasn't it was literally like the person I trusted oh, most at that place because we were both like, we are no longer putting up with what's going down here. So we're both out and it just happened to be within a week of each other, which was kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also something in there for me, and I don't know if you, you recommend this one for clients or not, but like I for sure found a mantra even that hit me like out of nowhere. Well, not out of nowhere, but it was, if you really want it, you'll find a way to get it. And it wasn't like, it, it wasn't from a greedy or crazy place. It was just like, no Jenkins, you can do this. <laughs> like this is on you to figure out and you can, you can do it. So I don't know if that's something you also encourage people to do, but I found it helpful. Yeah, we don't really talk about mantras so much, but I love that idea of just building. So one of the things that I'm, I'm doing with clients is we've got the whole strategy piece where we, we figure out what is the thing you want to go do, but you have to, be, you have to have the backbone to go out and do it right? Whether that's starting your own thing or applying for something in a new field. And so we just talk about and, and work on developing personal resilience. You know, how can we get you to be a person who 
has this sense of, of quiet confidence. So you can walk into a room and say, here's who I am. Mm-hmm. Here's what I stand for. Here's the value that I bring to the table. Here's the dollar amount that that's worth. You in, you out, you know, and really that, if you can't do that, yeah. I don't care how many business plans you write. I don't care how many podcast ideas you have. I don't care how many resumes you write. It's not, you're going to self-sabotage. Mm, and you're yes. going to go back to that old pattern of accepting less than um, you're deserving of. Yes. Right. So if you find it through a mantra, great. But like at some <laughs> point, you've got to, yes, yes. you got to straighten up the backbone and say, here's, here's who I am. Here's what I'm about. Yeah. Well, and the quiet confidence piece is scary, I, I would guess, for a lot of people, because so often we're looking for I think external validation of who we are. And so we want to see it mirrored in somebody that like, oh yeah, they get that I could do this job or is this amount too much to ask for? And yeah, I think it does. It shifts the entire conversation when you're like, yeah, this is, this is me. This is who I am and what I do. Yeah. That's gotta be an inside job because otherwise when you go into a salary negotiation, what are you going to do? If you're putting your prices on the internet and someone says, I don't like that. Are you, I can't believe you don't have the integrity to give this away for free. What are you going to do? I mean, somebody somewhere is going to push back or not like it or try to just squeeze as much as they can out of you. Yeah. You know, and it's not that you're better than other people, but it's just knowing that you're not worse than other people either, you know, and that yeah. there's value to what you do. Yes. And the confidence piece of it, of being able to just state it. I think it's so easy for the money piece to become deeply emotional and vulnerable to state what it is that you know you are worth. And I think that is scary. This is even a conversation that I was having with my clients yesterday was we were talking about that phrase, you know, charge what you're worth. And that's not even the conversation to have. Like when I'm when I'm explaining to my clients, you know, the cost of working with me, I'm not saying I'm so fabulous. Here's what I'm worth. Come pay me because I'm me. It's not about that. It's not my worth. It's about what is this change worth to them? Mm. Right. How valuable is it to them? And that's what the conversation about. I mean, Laura Sims is here to do the work and this is what I do. And I feel like I've been doing it forever now. So, you know, but like, you're not paying me for how many years I've been at this or how you know marvelous I think I am. You're paying because they want this change for themselves. Yeah, that's, that is lovely. Thank you. Yeah. And that's a great reframe on it too. If people are, are tuning in and they're like, yeah, I've had it. <laughs> I need Laura Sims. <laughs> you know, what are you offering and how can people work with you? Yeah. So um, over on my website at yourcareerhomecoming.com, I've got a free training. It's like in banners and on sidebars and it's all over the place. But the free training is really the best place to start. It's really the best of like the secret sauce I have to teach that I don't share on podcasts and other places. But that really shows the step-by-step process that I'm using with clients. And I think people, no matter what, it's going to change how they think about their career. So I would say, check out the free training. And if that resonates, then, you know, I'm happy to hop on a call and see if, you know, I'm the best person to help. And, you know, if there's a way we can move them forward, but yeah, free training is where to start. I love that. Thank you. And uh, let's see, I know you answered this probably even maybe twice before, but let's, let's see if maybe you have some new ones for us. The last question I like to ask is, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives? Okay, so I'll have to say, lately I have been jumpstarting my own joy. I dance every single day. 
Mm. I started that in January and I throw on some James Brown or some talking heads or some Lizzo or just whatever I'm feeling that day. And I dance in my office as part of just my like getting ready thing. And I, it is ridiculous. And I'm sure the neighbors <laughs> think that I'm crazy, but it just puts me in a great mood for the rest of the day. So I, I say that. I say these days getting outdoors with your family or whoever you're quarantining with. We have been doing more picnic dinners and just getting outside on the, on the picnic blanket and walking through the grass barefoot and all of that definitely helps. And this is related, but this is bringing me a lot of joy lately. It's just paying attention to nature. I, I, I like to spend as much time outside as I can and I, and I walk around the neighborhood or go out in the woods and I'm like, well, the, the squirrels don't know what's going on. The chipmunks don't know what a ventilator is. The, you know, the birds that are having a nest in our front bushes aren't worried about any of the big problems of the world. And it just really helps me to shrink it back down to just being a little mammal here on the planet. Mm -hmm. And I can always go check the news later, but it's really nice to, to reconnect with, with the bigger world that way. I love that. It is interesting how one of my greatest joys currently is the afternoon walk where we take the dog and we're literally running through a field. Like I also don't know the last time that I did that and noticing that there's a falcon that likes to live in the redwood tree behind our house. It's like, has this always been here? Like, it's amazing what we missed in the alternate mode that we had. So, well, it's been such a treat to have you back on. Thank you so much for joining me, Laura. It's been such a treat. I've stolen your words, but it's been great, Paula. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you want to find out more about this episode, including links to the things that we've talked about, you can find the show notes at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And you can search for this episode right up there in the right-hand corner of the website. You'll find it. While you're on the website, I know you're going to want to sign up for my weekly newsletter, which is Three Joyful Things where I take a look and give you guys the behind the scenes of what I'm really thinking about with each episode, including inspiration, intention, and action, along with the choices that you can make in your own life to bring some of the things that each guest or I share into your everyday life. So it's a lot of fun. You can find the sign up for that off the homepage or within the show notes of every episode. And I would love to connect with you. I hang out a ton on Instagram where my handle is jumpstartyourjoy. You can also find the Facebook page for this podcast at jumpstartyourjoy. So I hope you guys will come on back next week. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.